Hey, Juventini. Welcome to the All UV Cast. This is Season 4, Episode 4, Post Malmo Juventus match. And we finally have a fun one to discuss. All right. So, UV pulling it out 3 uh, 0. Very, very nice victory. And uh, yeah, we're all pretty pumped to uh, chat about this one. We got Omar, Anthony, and Francisco. Fellas, you guys ready to recap this one or what? Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. There we go. I've been waiting for this all season. <laughs> let's get her done. Yeah. Let's let's get to it. So we won't waste any time. We'll get right into it, uh, covering uh, the lineups that took uh, the field and whatnot. So basically, out of Juventus, it was exactly as uh, kind of projected and what we went over on uh, pre-match day live. So uh, there was no surprises there. Um, Danilo, Baducci, Delict, uh, Sandro across the back. Chesney, of course, in goal. Um, in the middle of the park, the first time these three played together, but Rabio, Locatelli, and uh, Bentancur. And then, uh, obviously, we talked about Quadrado in there in the midfield, too, and then Dybala, Morata up top. So, yeah, the lineups, uh, yeah. I mean, after the Napoli match, um, a lot of the talk was, how are we going to look once we get our regulars back in? And let's start, uh, and that was my message to a lot of Juventini was, maybe pump the brakes on the intense criticism and everything until we can see these regulars in the fold. Um, this one, regardless of it being Malmo, I think you got to take that out of the equation because Juventus needed a victory big time. Needed a victory, needed goals, clean sheet. We got them all. We got them all. Very, very positive uh, from the guys. Um, we will get to... Just the talking points through the match real quick, and then we'll get to, uh, obviously, all the topics we want to touch on uh, surrounding Juventus here. So, really, tentative start from the boys. You know, first uh, maybe 18 minutes or so, uh, Malmo getting an opportunity, uh, still one that was very hard to convert. Uh, volley off of a cross there about 17 minutes in that ends up going wide, but we don't have to wait much longer. For Sandro to almost head one literally on the ground, his first Champions League goal, cross in from none other than Juan Cuadrado, 1-0 UV. Awesome. Well, let's, hang on, let's hang on that, that one for a second. The, the difficulty factor on that one can't be understated because if he, if he uses his foot there, he shanks that 45 feet above the net. If he dives too quick, that's off the top of his head, out behind him. If he dives too early, he smacks it off his nose, hits his chest, defender clears it out, and today we're laughing at Sandro. So let's just pump the brakes a little bit. That was a, that was a nifty finish. That was a little bit tougher than people give him credit for. It was in that in-between range where you can head it or you can kick it. I, I thought that was a I solid don't know. finish. I think he I was tripping know. and he was about to fall and he's like, yeah. I don't know. It all counts. It all counts the same. Leave him alone. Know. I'm just giving know. him a hard time. That was a hell no. of a header. It was definitely one I would have personally struck with my foot, but that's okay. It went in. That's all that counts. It's all that that's matters. That's all that matters. Quadrado with the assist. Sandra with the goal. 1-0 up, 22 minutes in. 27th minute, a long ball from Benucci, and Sandro's going back. He's turning the clock back uh, right now. And it was funny because we talked about the KG start. Juve looking a little rough, and it was that side, Rabio and Sandro. And I was thinking, oh, man, everything we were worried about. So you're welcome, everybody, because I put the tweet out saying, I'm worried about this left side. And right when I said that, boom, Sandro flipped the switch. So you're welcome. You're all welcome. He flipped the switch. This one, he just barely misses far post after settling that uh, Banucci long ball. Um very, very unfortunate to not have two right there uh, within a span of five minutes from Sandro. Uh, we get to the 42nd minute. A little bit of a softy. little bit of a softy on Morata there. We get the PK. Dybala steps up, makes it very interesting with his uh, selection Awful. of where he wants to put it. Awful penalty shot. <laughs> it has to be said. It was, it, was pretty, it was pretty rough. Pretty yeah, the keeper touched it. The keeper got his leg to it. Uh, yeah. And he slipped. Good yeah, thing he yeah. slipped. His leg. Yeah. That, that's why he, he made the PK because he slipped. That's absolutely why he made it. But yeah. just before that, 
rewind that. I think it was the 32nd minute. There was a ball over the top where um, Morata, he tried to sell, he tried to chip the goalie, but the goalie came out and smothered it. You know, he might have been able to pass out on the ground under the net, but we'll we'll let that one slide because he drew the penalty shot, whatever, 12 minutes later. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of a softy, but defenders' arms were around and whatnot, and yeah, it is what it is. Seen the referee was, we'll take it, Al. We're going to we take, take it. it. We take yeah. it. And the referee then, had the clear vision. He just stood there right next to it. couple minutes later, and then Morata strikes again after uh, Malmo makes a mess of trying to cut out Rabio's ball there, and uh, man, Morata almost messed it up with his first touch, but he just stretches out to it and uh, pokes this one beyond the keeper, and it just stays low enough to uh, get in the target. 3-0. The genius of that touch also cannot be understated. Let's just give Alvaro Morata a little bit of credit here. Uh, uh, that no, touch was no, so bad no, that credit. off the outside of the left foot, <laughs> it was terrible. Off the outside left foot, off the inside of the post in the net. So these are the kind of bounces that we needed last year, and I'm glad that we're getting them first, first Champions League game. Soft penalty shot, I thought, in the second half. Quadrada was fouled in the box. That was more of a penalty shot than that one. I'll take it. I'm not complaining. 3 nothing at halftime. Book it. We're sailing. Yeah, and I got to give some credit to Morata because one-on-one with the goalkeeper, he's as cold as ice. Like, he has other areas where he's not good, but even that Napoli strike, his one-on-one is spectacular. The, uh, yeah. the finish against Donnarumma and the, uh, what was it? In the, the Euros. Euros. Yeah, in the Euros, one-on-one, cold as ice. Yeah, he takes a lot of flack for, you know, obviously uh, offsides and everything and overall, but he's pretty he's pretty solid. I mean, every striker is going to miss miss some, and if you – even the guy we just uh, ended up losing to Man U had a lot of misses for <laughs> opportunities. More than everyone. Exactly. I'm just going to say it. It's part of the gig. It's part of the gig. But fantastic first half from Juventus. 3-0 up. A dream. Everything everything Juventini were waiting for. Fantastic. Second half, do not let up, boys. Do not let up. That That's it. Just now, it was focus on continuing to play solid. Don't shut down. Don't drop deep. And get that clean sheet. Get that clean sheet. Um, 61st minute. Great ball movement between uh, Morata, Cuadrado, Dybala, and uh, Morata just doesn't uh, get the finish there. Keeper diving out the water there and stopping it, uh, but great, great ball movement. 68th minute, we introduce uh, McKenny for uh, Bentoncourt and Moise Keane for Morata. Keane looked good. He looked really, really good when he came in. Um, we get uh, 70th minute like a couple minutes after he gets introduced, man, he gets a, a fantastic finish. When he's sent through, pokes past the keeper, uh, finds a tight angle, gets it in, but offside. Uh, Miles offside. What's that? Miles offside, by the way. Yeah, offside's offside. Mm-hmm. Interim mile. Great run, though. Nice great run, great finish. Yeah. Good to see, yep. 82nd minute, Ramsey comes in for Dybala. 83rd, Kulsevsky for Quadrado. 87th, we get Rugani for Delict. Juve still in control, looking good, seeing it through. 89th minute, again, Keane sent through. This time, stopped by the keeper. He was onside. Nice little Kulusevsky back heel. That's kind of like uh, the chance that I thought for sure he would bury, but it's okay. It would have just been, you know, extra gravy on top, but... We get it out 3-0. First clean sheet since March, boys. Uh, Great, great performance. Uh, I really, I couldn't knock a whole bunch. KG start, probably the roughest point for Juve, but you expected that with how things were going so far in Syria, translating into Champions League. Uh, We want to get into performance reviews here. So we're going to start off with the attack and just talk about how we felt about the attack here in uh, terms of Dybala, Morata, and the 4-4-2 that we kind of saw, but with Quadrado uh, sliding up almost as that third uh, attacker there. So who wants to kick us off on their thoughts and reviews on our attackers in this one? Let's go. Well, well Omer hasn't been here in a while. How about yeah. that? Get, get us yeah. going, Omer. Okay. I 
I thought they all played well. Cuadrado got an assist and Dybala and Morata with the goal. So all of them produced something. I think it was great for confidence. Like you can immediately see Dybala after his goal and picked it up. He suddenly had more courage and he looked better after the goal. So everyone in the squad needs that boost of confidence. I would have loved it if Chesney could have scored and get a bit of confidence, but it is what it is. It was a solid win and led by the attackers. Francisco. Francisco. I'm extremely happy with the win. Uh, I do appreciate that Sandro finally had a, we can say consistent uh, game because even though we started out rough, he was, he was good. I think he was good. And I think that Rabiot had a lot to do with that. Tactically playing Rabiot on the left side, giving Sandro the confidence to go forward is, is important. But I'm, I'm very happy and I'm very happy to finally start seeing Dybala take that mantle of, of central player that he needs to take because he's, he's going to be the guy. Regardless who's, who is beside him, Akin, Morata, it doesn't matter. He's going to be the guy. So I hope uh, we can continue that trend, especially in, against Milan, taking into consideration that Chiesa didn't play also, who's a very important player for us. But I, I do think that we're going to be good. And and I was very happy with the performance. Yeah. So Anthony. just with the attack, um, I thought Morata had a consistent game, uh, yeah. much like Sandro did. But uh, we'll get to the defense later. I thought mm -hmm. the ball had didn't do much in the first half. Uh, from what I saw, I didn't really see much out of him. You know, awful penalty shot. Other than that, I thought in the second half, he, you know, he started, as Al, you like to call it, dropping back in the hole. I thought he was doing a lot more of that, coming in, collecting, and distributing that way, kind of throwing the center backs off. He had a much, much better second half. Uh, we'll get to our players of the game, and he wasn't mine. But... Uh, Tail of two halves for Dybala. Morata was consistent, and I, I think Keane showed. Oh, he's gonna! I think he's gonna have a good season. I think he's mm. gonna be good this year, and he, it's gonna be exciting. Now it's gonna be how do you use Keane, Morata, and Dybala moving forward? That's gonna be up for uh, for Max to figure out. But uh, I think a, a good win, good solid win. I know Malmo stink, but it's you need you need to get that going going into a big uh, big game against Milan this weekend. Yeah, in terms of our attack, I think it's it's just clear how Dybala needs to be used and work with a true number nine and whatnot. The bonus of having a guy like Cuadrado on the side that can take guys on 1v1. Honestly, that was the biggest thing I think we were missing against Napoli because we got the ball in that position several times, but with players unable to win those battles or even draw those fouls, and that makes a big, big difference. But I thought Dybala in the first half, I thought he was okay. I wouldn't say it was – I agree his second half was better, but I thought he was fine in the first half too. Um, midfielders, this was the first time we got to see Locatelli, Bentancourt, and Rabiot. Much to lose, uh, probably <laughs> much to lose uh, <laughs> frustrations there. Rabiot, Rabiot had a good match, a uh, strong, strong match. Uh, but – None of these guys were my player or man of the match, but Locatelli continues to show what he's going to bring. Uh, very, very excited for that. Bentoncourt, what's everybody's thoughts on Bentoncourt in this one? Yeah, he did a lot of running, yeah. which is expected of him. He worked hard. Uh, I wanted him to take that shot where he decided to pass yes. it for Dorado. Yes. It was like, belted man, for three or up. And that's about it. But they're pretty similar players, all three of them. And like Lucatelli is a level above. And I'm still missing something different a bit there. Something Arthur might provide or McKenny maybe. But the three of them seem to be very similar and doing pretty much the same stuff. I I I, I do agree in the sense that not not Locatelli, but uh, Betancourt and Rabiot are very similar players. I do think that Rabiot has more physical uh, talent, naturally, because he's, I do think he's a bigger guy, a faster guy. 
but I oh, I have always liked uh, Betancourt's attitude. You can say whatever you want about him uh, making mistakes, yeah, but, but he never cruises through a game. And that for me is very important. And maybe he wasn't brilliant because he wasn't really brilliant, but I do think he was he was like always giving his best and uh, and and I I did like him. I I'm not sure he's gonna be a regular when everybody's healthy because if Arthur comes back, I do think he's gonna play on that midfield. But uh, I I do think that he's a very good player to have in in, in your squad because he puts in the effort. Yeah, you can you this can never a... knock Bentancourt for effort. Like that's one thing you can never never take away from him. I've always given him that. I think again, naturally. He just looks more at home to the side of uh, one of those registas, you know, and Locatelli being the lock in the middle feels great. I still, however, think once Artur comes back, I wouldn't mind seeing Locatelli in one of those uh, side midfielder roles to maybe get a little more advanced. Um, but that could be a project uh, we see a little bit later if Allegri chooses to. But right now, that was that was pretty solid. That was pretty solid. And again, I get it. It's Malmo, but you just can't take anything away when you need to build off something. So for me, the midfield was good. Anthony, you were going to touch on the midfield. Yeah, I'll just add the you know the McKinney, um, well the Bentoncourt, Quadrado, Lucatelli. That's fine. I thought Rabio was the surprise of the match. We had some concerns yesterday. We talked about it in the pre-match game. We're like, what the hell is Rabio doing out there? And it worked out pretty good, you know. There was uh, a little bit, a little shaky start with him and Sandra on that side. Uh, then you sent that tweet, and everything just turned around. So I would, I would say he was the surprise of the match based on based on the pregame analysis that we did, if you want to call it an analysis. But Rabio was, uh, I thought he had a solid game out there, much to the dismay of Louis on here. Oh yeah, the dismay of Louis. Louis coming in for the Rabio praise. Perfect timing, uh, but I understand the frustrations with uh, Rabio. I mean, it has been for for his tenure so far, just a lot of hit and miss. But let's just remember how one of the things he said, the reasons he also wanted to come to Juve was to work with Max, and he didn't get to because when we got him, that was Max's year heading out. So we'll see what Max can do with him when not. But this was much much uh better from rabio he was he was big in this one we get to the defense and talking about these guys for me out of the defenders nothing wrong with any of them for me sandro stood out and bonucci put on a clinic with his passing and especially stretching out the field and whatnot it was uh awesome to see whatever those were the two uh stood out for me again nothing wrong obviously uh with the other guys but uh and honestly if we get to it man of the match my man of the match was sandro to be honest uh but uh let's get to it you guys touch on the defenders and then uh your man of the match that's where we're at right now so let's go around the other opposite way now with anthony kicking us off with your thoughts on the defenders and your man of the match yeah, it was it was nice to see uh, Danilo and Sandro back. I use that term lightly. You know, I know there's some issues with Sandro, but uh, it was nice to see you know the regulars at right back and left back. Um, you know, the two center backs, Benucci Dilik, I thought fantastic. Zero issues again. It's Malmo, but they needed that sort of confidence building. Uh, for my man of the match, I'll go a little different. Someone who just kind of they did their job, didn't complain. Delict was my man of the match. You know, just kind of an understated, great game. You know, I'm grew up kind of a defensive guy, so it was nice to see you know the stay-at-home guy. Benucci did his thing, great game. Everybody had a, a good game. There's other shout-outs, but I'm taking Delict for my man of the match. There you go, Francisco. Your touch on the defenders and your man of the match in this one. My man of the match was Sandro because uh, he was he was really good. I, I do think he was. Was his most consistent game on a while, yeah. And and I did like him a lot, not just uh, defending but also going forward. In the sense of the defense, I do want to say I, the defense was good, obviously, 
we take into consideration it was Malmo, yeah. but the difference was good. But I, man, I just have the feeling since the start of the season, we don't have a bully back then, back there. We don't have a bully, man. If Kellini doesn't play, we don't have a bully. And I know everybody likes uh, Bonucci because he distributes the ball and all that. But man, if we play against those big defenders, big uh, big strikers, they always are looking to find uh, Bonucci because they know that they can put a big body on him and we're gonna have problems. I'm not saying Bonucci is a bad player. It's not obviously. It's not a bad player. It's a very good player. I just think that for me, there's when he plays with the league there's an aspect of, of physicality that is lacking of the back that's just me that's my opinion hmm. yeah and I, I mean we can't we can't really disagree to be honest uh but yeah, mm, yeah. it's interesting point and he's also choosing uh sandro so we have two sandros we have uh anthony going with uh delict for man of the match omar your thoughts on our defense and um man of the match okay so i think everyone pretty much did their job did what they do best bonucci distributing the ball the lift more authoritative that's a proper term and danilo defended brilliantly and drifted forward got a few balls into the area and then sandro maybe is a bit freed up you know i saw a tweet today that says well he's underrated because he had to cover for Ronaldo for three years now which is a lot of work you know Marcelo suffered it too in uh, Real Madrid and now maybe he'll be more free maybe he'll have some more rotation because last season the last couple of seasons just looked tired all the time yeah uh, and because he was alone uh, but I can give him end of the match yeah I can go with that. He deserves it. There you go. So we got three votes for Sandro Lewis coming in saying, one thing I appreciate about the defense, all four of them helped get further forward, whether it was passing or movements, helped take pressure off of the midfield. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was uh, honestly like just organizationally, structurally, it was a very, very nice performance. Um, the focus, I loved seeing the focus remain throughout as well. And we talked about that earlier not shutting down you're coming out of a half three nil could have been really really easy to get into bad habits mm -hmm. but we didn't so i'd like to say again regardless of its malmo and thinking about that this is a big one for juve in where they were and hopefully it's the spark that they need to turn the tide and it couldn't have gone any better before a big match on the weekend versus Milan. Lewis coming in with uh, Paolo for his man of the match. Alex saying tech because finally a clean sheet. And uh, there you go with uh, man of the matches. And tech, yeah, that's that's big for tech. And the thing was is there was so much speculation about this guy, right? Um, the clean sheet's big for the defenders, Chesney, the team, the group as a whole. You know Max was itching to get uh, – that clean sheet we go into a match against Milan very very difficult one um, we are gonna talk a bit about uh, that in a preview or not but Chesney and the, the way it was all handled everybody had their opinion on whether you go with him or you don't I will say this it just can't stop here and we got to think about the actual span of Chesney's subpar performances right and the stretch it's been one game doesn't erase all that or correct it he needs to continue to build off that right so it's it's a good start but i hope he can back it up and he did have two really really good moments in this malmo match where uh it again could have been easy could have been easy to fall into a hole or lose concentration in those moments in a game that's going the way this one was but he didn't and you remain the focus. So hopefully, fingers crossed, this is the turning point for Wojciech Chesney. Hey. The rumors about Donnarumma and all this, it was always going to make it a pain in the ass for us throughout the year because he's under this crazy microscope 
and every little mistake he does and people still talking about the Donnarumma situation. The other day, we talked about a different scenario in terms of delict and him not meeting expectations. Anthony and I touched on that and how it's really just lazy. It's not even lazy journalism. It's just clickbait, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to get those clicks. This Donnarumma thing has become the same thing as it continues on and it's just trying to get clicks. You saw the latest one where we had personal terms agreed and Allegri said no and all this and it's just let it go. Let it go. Trust me. You'll be a yeah. lot happier if you just let it go. Okay. Shesney's around. We gotta hope that he can put out the performances consistently and we can move forward. All right. Uh Massimo mm-hmm. coming in with his thoughts. It's tough to say man of the match, but he thinks Sandro as well for the game winner and just uh, the intensity that he started uh, the match with. So there you go. Sandro getting a lot of nods, and honestly, that's good. And Omar touched on great point in regards to Sandro not having to cover for somebody that uh, creates a lot of issues on the left side. And we know how Allegri likes to play, and we talked about the organization and the structure. It all has to work together. And yeah, it, it's it's hard to keep that balance when you have a guy that's given a lot of freedom, right? So I know who's going to take that the wrong way and say that he was a problem, but no, that's not what we're saying. It just makes things harder for other guys. Hopefully Sandro can get it going. I think the biggest thing with him, again, Omar touched on, he did a great analysis on Sandro, and that's the uh, stamina, the endurance, and just how long can he keep that going? Right, we do have the youngster Pellegrini behind him. I think Pellegrini can fill in fine for certain matches, but uh, Sandro will be the guy, no doubt. Um, so we'll see you there. Anybody, does anybody have any any thoughts that Pellegrini could advance himself by any means over Sandro in this lineup? Because there are still fans making shouts for Luca Pellegrini, but for me, I haven't seen enough of it or whatnot. He's a good change-up player when you need it. I think he can go out there and do the job, but I don't see him as uh, being able to overtake uh, Sandro in Allegri's eyes, personally. How do you guys, uh, feel? I can't, I, I can't say it's happening, <laughs> not this season at least, but what an Allegri-type act would it be? To make it all the way to the Champions League final with Sandro and then playing Pellegrini in the final. <laughs> oh, man. And win. And win. And win. <laughs> yeah, let's just, uh, let's, just pump the, let's just pump the brakes on Pellegrini. I think, right. like you said, Omar, Omar hit it good with uh, uh, Sandro's new potential, you know, space opening up in front of him, his, his, uh, his, his ability to rotate. Let's just give Sandro a little bit more time, and you know, Pellegrini can play next Wednesday against Spezia for all I care. But yeah, yeah Sandro, he's he's put himself in that spot. He's not leaving it. I think yeah. I I do think with uh, this formation, the left backs are gonna be playing good offensively. If Rabio is the one playing on that left midfield, because he gives you the ability to go forward, knowing that you have Rabio covering your back when you go forward, because Rabio. You can say whatever you want, but on the open spaces, he's catching. Like, there's no way he's not catching up to any striker or any offensive player. So that gives you confidence. I do think that Pellegrini is is a player that can develop in the future, but knowing Max, he's not playing. It has as, yeah. uh, as an 11, one of the 11 guys. No, Max is, is a guy who wants someone who's experience secured and who doesn't have any doubts and and i do think that uh, even though uh pellegrini can develop himself as a better left back in the future he still needs some experience especially defensively he's not as good defensively as something well lou lou hit on it there in the comment section with the sweat hogs right we finally we have a backup let's just be happy about that and that's what we we're all alluding to is uh, just keeping Sandro to have uh, you know just enough energy and enough uh, fuel in the tank to to keep her going, and that's going to happen. 
now with yeah. able to uh give him some rest in certain matches right and that's yeah. how i think pellegrini will probably be used i again i haven't seen anything stand out from him that's going to say he's going to take over the spot but again the seasons are very very long anything could change but if we get the sandro we got yesterday uh consistently pellegrini won't be close uh that's yeah. the sandro we've all wanted for the entire and, time so and see what ends up happening and now uh, that i think of it uh sandro thrives when there where there were were hard workers around him like yeah. kadira and manzukic and matuidi the guy who covered the sports worked as hard as him and that gave him a bit more air and a bit more freedom to go forward and rabio can provide it and who's ever on the left kiesa is a hard worker or krusevsky is a hard worker so maybe maybe it'll do better right now yeah i still see and going back to our midfield discussion about this particular midfield i still think we're that setup is still playing with one comp like two complementary mids i still i'd like to see somebody else take the reins in there but i just don't think it's going to happen and that might be our best so far which is fine we'll see if uh, the other guys can make a name for themselves as they go moise keen we touched on him earlier and how he entered the match and he's just got a presence about him he's got a little chip on his shoulder he's looking really good could be a big big uh piece this year he is getting announced officially tomorrow um and uh what do you guys see from keen this season is he gonna eventually be a starter can he can he compete and make a case for ending up taking a starting spot at some point in this season or is he going to be our ace in the hole off the bench guy? We'll start. We'll start with this guy. <laughs> well, I do think that when you see Alvaro and you see uh, Moise, you notice the difference. And when he started, even though the game was three-zero, the first ball he touched, you notice the presence, the difference in speed in power you you know that you you notice that and you notice that the defenders are backing out but uh i do think alvaro is going to stay the number one striker because of max and how max city max is if i was the coach maybe I, it would be more open to moist to be the number one striker but i do not think he's going to be the number one because max is going to try to develop him to the long run he doesn't have he's not asking him to be uh the the, the starter right now he just wants him to get his uh get his shit together about it. obviously work hard do what he has to do and with time when the time comes he will play but i do not think he's going to be there he had the ability to be but i don't think he's going to be the starter yeah yeah i kind of think well if allegri is planning to play a four two three one then yeah i could definitely see him occupying the left wing it was competition kruzevsky and bernardeski he might be better than both of them and maybe he has some sort of manzukic role from the left because he's a physical guy he's pretty big and running into the area on the back post something we're really missing and so if that's the case then i can definitely see him becoming part of the starting 11. and but if you play a fourth three then it, it becomes a bit more difficult yeah i guess i should switch the question also to do we think we're going to be locked in on how we played yesterday for the season or do things change once a guy like arthur becomes available or not do we see well, the max, four two three one do we see max eventually switching it up and getting into that i think max is going to switch it up based on the on the on the opponent and we have players that can play you know the four two three one of the four three three uh three five two uh quickly on keen him and morata for me are they're they're not really alike you know they can occupy the same position but keen is more of a like a through ball pace striker you know run on run on the balls morata sometimes comes back collects it uh more of a uh what's the word the uh, mercenary kind of striker like a like an Ibrahimovic you know they just you know they they get like the the ugly goals uh Keen really he's different for me he can play that wing uh he's 
big, powerful young man. So I think uh, it. I don't know how he's gonna get Morata to that starting position because for this season, anyways, long term, yes, I think that Keane is the guy long term. But this season, the way Max is setting up, Morata is gonna get the start, and Keane's gonna bring the pace off the bench. But getting to the to the positioning, it, it's. I think it's gonna be opponent by opponent, and. Uh, I, I think we have the tools. If healthy, we have the tools to play any opponent with anybody off the bench. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that too. And we should get to our bench because that was a topic uh, that kind of come up on this uh, this particular match. And how how deep are we? How strong is our depth on this team? And how would you guys uh, assess it when the guys with the guys that are coming off the bench uh, so far? I think it's a mixed bag, to be honest, uh, for me personally. But I want to hear uh, your guys' thoughts on uh, how deep you think this Juve squad is. I'm just gonna, I'll just start. I'll let these guys go. I just want to say one thing on that. The Napoli game, we had three children on the bench. And this team is supposed to be our challenger for the Scudetto. And we took them you know, to the 89th minute with our B squad. So that's all I'm going to say about our bench. Yeah, yeah. I, I said throughout that uh, that period of time, and everybody got fired up after that loss. And it sucks, it stings, it hurts. But I said, there's no way we played that way with all our regulars. Omar, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so in relation to what Anthony said earlier, uh, I think it'll also be based on injuries, who always play a major part in our mm-hmm. in our seasons, and. And then I come to think of it, okay, we have a lot of wingers. So if uh, if someone is out, if Quadrado is playing forward, then we only have Danilo as backup. Oh, no, wait, we also have the Shilio. And then thinking on the other side, okay, it's Sandro, it's Pellegrini, it's the Shilio, it's Danilo. And I think we're a bit short on centre-back because of the injury thing. Lugani will have to play sometime. Um, but we have a lot of midfielders and a lot of wingers two, three strikers, two and a half with Dybala. And there are a lot of options, a lot more than last season. A lot more. Yeah. Francisco, your thoughts on how deep uh, UV is? I think it depends on the position when you see it, because you cannot uh, say that, oh, our defense is better, our midfield is better, our striking core, our strikers are better because Yes, we do have more options, but uh, on some aspects, we still lack that. We do still lack, as as Omar said, uh, in the central back position, we are not as deep as last year. But uh, we now have another left back, so you can say it balances out. Mm -hmm. At the midfield, we are deeper because, thank God, we have Logatelli because you He's our best, mid, our best midfielder right now. And you get the same guy that's last year, but you still see that you lack another creator. Maybe when Arthur come, comes back, but you still see that you lack that other guy that can create consistently. And in the striker positions, you, you can say, oh, we have a lot of wingers, but you still see that that left side, because Max doesn't want to play KS on that left side. You still see that that left side is is not as deep. So, are we have? Do we have more options that, than last year? Yes. Are we deeper in some aspects? Yes. But we are not as as well rounded are we as we could. But I do think uh, I agree with uh, Anthony. We are uh, a deeper uh, a deeper squad, and the game of Napoli doesn't reflect what we are. So I, I do think we will we will be better, and that we have more options. We I I do feel that with Max and we our team right now we can be more flexible. I, I think just to, just to comment is when you when you sub in players, the idea is to not have a a, a big drop off, and I think this season. Okay, some players, you know, I know lose in this with the sweat hogs and the bleachers throwing pee bags right now about our depth. But it's when you when you sub a player off, are they as equal? And I think when we do that, players coming in are as equal as that person. 
you know, we're, we're not afraid to make substitutions or changes. Now, is that person up to lose standards oh, yeah. of a midfielder? No, but they, we, you don't want to have a big drop off. That's, that's the main thing. I think this year we're better than last year in that, in that sense. Unless we're talking about Rugani, unless we're talking about Rugani. Yeah, but you know I'll be fine with uh, Danilo or Sandro filling in at centre-back um, sometime. Danilo, yes. Sandro, Danilo, yes. Um, Sandro was okay when he was in a th- In a three-back system. In a three-back three system. And this is, yeah. this is where I will say this. My thoughts on everybody, like, all talking about the depth and whatnot. I think we're deep in the sense that Max can actually deploy this team in a number of different setups, which is fantastic because he has the pieces to actually do that. He can go 4-2-3-1 if he wants. He can go 4-3-3 if he wants. He can go 3-5-2 if he wants. So we're deep in that sense. When it comes to the replacement players and the guys you're putting in, it's a mixed bag. Like I feel like I feel it, again, you guys all kind of covered it. At certain positions, you feel safe. At others, it's a it's a little thin and it gets a li- it gets a little skinny. The nice thing is, you do have a few guys that are utility guys um, that can kind of fill in and do multiple things. A guy like Quadrado is highly highly valuable because of that coverage. I do prefer him. Always have preferred him further up the pitch, though. Um, that said, then the right back, but he can go back there and. He's allowed you to be somewhat confident with him even being there at at uh, the fullback position. So we have a few little tricks up our sleeves there. But in terms of how Allegri can deploy the team, we're pretty deep in a sense that he can he can almost deploy four different setups, right, with this team. Yeah. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And I mean, the biggest thing too last year, we didn't have an alternative to Morata that played that top position. Uh, mm-hmm really effectively and i think that changes and goes completely out the window now with keen because keen can play anywhere across the front three like he can play off the wing he could play up top too like and i'd feel perfectly fine and the thing is as much as i love dibala whatnot i don't like seeing him up top uh on on his own whatnot and i've always said this about dibala he does his best work with somebody else up top there i know people go back to the Palermo days and when he first came to us and he was playing more up top as a false no- uh, false novo. But the thing is, is that he's also changed his characteristics and he doesn't have the pace that he did at that time because his training regimen changed and they started, he started trying to bulk up a bit and whatnot and not remain so small. And that changes characteristics of players. Sometimes he did lose pace off that we've seen, um, other players affected in training methods too when they're trying to just change uh, physically, right? And it happens from time to time. Paolo ended up losing his pace. Anthony Anthony knows all about that. So there you have it. But I think depth-wise, could it be better at a couple positions? Is it the worst? No, not by, not by any means, uh, unless we're talking about center back i think center back's gonna be skinny if we get one injury francisco go ahead my man oh i have a question for you you mentioned the striker position but you didn't talk about our best striker Cayo jorge Why oh you the... so when he's back what in two weeks i think i think two weeks so i think he's back in two weeks so uh, the thing with Cayo jorge is uh i'm very very intrigued by him to be honest i'm very intrigued by him but again we know how Allegri is with these young guys. Come he's on. Gonna, he's know. not going to play. He's not he's going to play. He'll get some he's not play. minutes. He's, he's, he's going to play the same amount of minutes that you and I are going to play. None. He's not playing. Oh, man. He'll get some Italia minutes, I think. No, no. He'll play. He'll play. Wait, I want to say. Okay, I want to say that. Even in a 3-5-2, uh, it's a lot deeper than we might think or, you know, because it feels like if you play Bonucci, Chiellini, the league, then you only have Rugani. But both Sandro and Danilo did great jobs at a three-man back line last season. And it might even be better than, more depth than we have for uh, two center backs, if that makes any sense. And, you know, there are always players on this team that I forget 
are here, like Kyle Jorge, yeah. sometimes Ramsey, Bernardeschi. Those are well, apparently utility guys. He unfortunately got injured like so quick, right? So yeah, Kyle Kyle Jorge yeah. has just kind of been the forgotten man. But who knows? We'll we'll see. Maybe he can uh, surprise us. Um, mm -hmm. I again, I think a few minutes here and there, and. Uh, Mirko Di Natale said it too on his interview with us. He just said, "Don't expect, don't expect big, big minutes." And you know, everybody loves watching YouTube videos on new players that join and then think that they're going to come in and bag fifteen, twenty. It's uh, yeah. pump. I have a question for you. Oh. Like, how, oh. what's the last time you remember we had four Brazilians? Like. As I, far as I can think, I remember Diego, Felipe Melo, Amaury. Yeah. Can't think of another one. Amaury. Don't say that name when I'm on the podcast. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think here, and I'm not so we sure. We had Emerson. Can... What? We had Emerson. Well, yeah, I'm thinking back to Emerson's days, but who else was around? That... Danny had No one. We had Danny Alves was so that would have been Alves Sandro. Who yeah? Did we Hernandez. have another Brazilian in there? Hernandez. <laughs> no, we have Hernandez. We had Hernandez. Hernandez, and we had uh, Lucio for a short while. Lucio, oh. that was different. That wouldn't have been around Alves's time. No, it was in the I think first. It's always been kind of three, maybe three. Three's been the highest. I don't know. Yeah, but, there wasn't uh, one like who stuck out. Sa Douglas Costa, as Saad mentions yeah. here, uh, everybody's laughing at Lucio. Yeah, Lucio, that's funny. The, but, uh, no, being very unmemorable. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty fine. Lou just cannot give uh, Rabio any breaks. Uh, he says we just need Rabio's mother to play for him every week. She was great last night, etc. So just so everybody understands. <laughs> All the people who aren't involved in the all Juve cast, you know, the chat that we have, the Rabio slander from Lou is unbearable. Like it's sometimes it's just unbearable. It just keeps going and going and going. It it's a lot. It's funny, but it's a lot. What? We might have to open. We might have to open up an open chat all uv cast <laughs> chat where uh, i don't know we just know. open it up to everybody and we'll have another one we'll keep our team chat but we might open up one an actual all uv cast chat and you guys can actually experience the lewis uh rabio thing uh firsthand here but for everybody hey. also too that's uh listening to the audio on this uh, you really got to get over to the youtube channel subscribe to the channel and take part in these discussions live this is where we're getting questions comments in from uh all these great juventini from around the world so if you're listening to the audio oh, make sure you Neto, that's a good one channel francisco question what's worse loose slander on rabiot or my predictions with bernadeschi <laughs> oh man that 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 Bernardeschi thing was it couldn't have gone further opposite. Like it was unbelievable. unbelievable. That was Patrick Bernardeschi is gonna be the man of the match. It's gonna you know be great. Rabio needs Lou. He needs yeah. Lewis. Okay, because Lewis turns it up a notch, and then Rabio gives us that. So Lewis, just keep keep grinding away, buddy. Keep chipping away there, uh, and we'll get the Rabio we all want. That's great. So we got a comment in earlier, and I did not uh, forget about you, okay, Hanin, uh, who said, who do you drop for Chiesa against Milan? I just wanted to get to the portion of the pod where we're kind of getting to the end, and we're obviously going to highlight this Milan match uh, coming up on the weekend here. So, guys, and the question was very, very early at the top of the podcast from another viewer, and yeah, what, uh, what do you do against Milan? Same same setup. Do you get Chiesa in? We know that he's going to be made available. Um, in my personal opinion, you find a way to get him on the pitch. Same setup. Who do you drop? I don't think he'll start because he's coming back from injury and Allegri might try to protect him a bit. So we'll introduce him later. But if he does start, then I think I drop Quadrado. Really? Yeah, maybe that maybe the Nilo and Quadrado goes back, but that right hand position is his. Yeah. Yeah. Francisco, what do you think? I think he, he drops Quadrado. 
because I, what I've noticed, and I saw him talking with Danilo uh, in the game uh, last uh, yesterday. He, he, you notice the confidence when he speaks to Danilo that he trusts him to be like this solid guy. Maybe he's not, he's not a ten in nothing, but he's a seven in many things. So he's he's very smart, and he, he in, in Allegri does like those kind of players. So I wouldn't be surprised if Danilo is the right back and Kiesa, if Kiesa starts, he's going to play for Cuadrado because he's going to play. I do think he plays right. I do. Yes. Think he he's very tactically aware, more than Cuadrado. Yes. He, and defensively, he covers better. Solid. Yeah, he covers better. So, and the insane, he dropped Bentecourt, play 4-2-3-1 with Chiesa on the left. Anthony, what do you think? How, how do you get Chiesa into this lineup? Do you get him? Do you use him as a sub? The easy answer is you drop Rabio and you put Chiesa or Quadrat on the left, but they don't, they don't seem to perform as good on the left. I've never – maybe my memory game tape isn't as good. Omar has a really good memory game tape. But I don't like Quadrado or Kies on the left. It, it's not. It's not going to work. I don't want to drop Quadrado, but I'm going to agree with the other two gentlemen here that he would be the he'd be the logical choice. Uh, but to your point, Al, I don't think he's. I think. Or sorry, was it Omar who made the point? He won't start. Uh, he should start, but I don't think he's going to start. I think he'll be a 60 minute sub. Uh, hopefully, we have the game in hand by then. But uh, my heart says, my heart says Rabio. Would have to be dropped, but I, I think uh, I think I think it would be Quadrado. Yeah, it, it, this is a tough one. This is a very very tough one. So I know that the shouts are there for the four two three one. I think we have the personnel to do it. I don't know if Allegri's ready to deploy it yet. And I think yeah, that's what I thought. And I think basically until he gets the solid consistency defensively that he wants to see, will he then open it up a bit? Uh, with the four two three one, Rabio wouldn't. I, I get it because we looked at that lineup yesterday and you thought, man, a Rabio Sandro left side. But the thing is, is it gave Quadrado freedom to shift forward in the other side, and you have three midfielders across. I think, I think he's gonna want three midfielders across the top. If you look at the Milan team, they play a four two three one. And I think he's going to want three midfielders in there no matter what. Will Quadrado get dropped? Will he drop Quadrado back to right back and play Chiesa ahead of him? Um, is also a possibility. Dybala and Morata. Keane will be coming off the bench in that match. Uh, Morata will start. I think Dybala will start. Chiesa, if he can go, I think you play him. And I just don't know if... Do you do you take that chance yet and drop a midfielder and go four two three one, or do no. you slide Quadrado down and put Chiesa ahead of him, which could be no pretty effective too. Why don't you? Why no. do you say no? Because if Allegri liked what he seen yesterday, then I highly doubt he would change it in a game that important. That's not the type of game to try new things. He already had to try new things because of absences and it didn't work out well and finally saw something that might work and he might like so why try anything different in a game against Milan which could play a big part come the end of the season and Quadrado will be dropped I think because he's the only one who can play on both sides out of all our wingers like Bernardeschi is okay, Chiesa is okay, Kulusevski is okay, Quadrado is horrible on the left. And if it was Bernardeschi, then he might have played and let Chiesa rest a bit. But we can't tell. We can't, I don't think he'll start. Anyway, Quadrado will start. Same thing we saw against Malmo. Yeah, yeah, you you might just get the same thing, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough to tough to hold a guy like Kiesel because he's game changer too, right? And then you have Quadrado as well, who we talked about earlier. He could go right back. I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one. You could do again. This goes back to how we were talking about the team in general. You could deploy them a lot of different ways, but I do not see Max abandoning three midfielders 
And that's why I say, that's why I see it as the only true way to get Chiesa out there is on that wing. You're still going to have Dybala. You're still going to have your nine. You get him out. He's one of those outside guys. Rabio, Locatelli, Bentancur. You still have your three mids. You push up through that one side. And that's why I still say you drop Quadrado to the right back because he's still so effective. And it still keeps him out there in the game, right? Because if you had to choose out of the two, Danilo and Quadrado to Quadrado's decent enough defensively that you can get away with it. Danilo obviously is my preference defensively, right? But that's the only way I see uh, Kiesa going in because I don't see Max going to the 4 2 3 Yeah, but I guess yeah. Milan, though, Milan is very fast. Sure they are. Very fast. I, 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 people are talking about all oh, they lose uh, hacking and all that, but they are a very fast team. Oh, of course they are. It's going to be a tough game, no doubt. With Cuadrado, yeah. I, I, I'm just not sure. With Cuadrado playing as a right back, when you, if you don't play, if you play Kies and Cuadrado, who are two offensive, I know that they give the effort to defend, but they are not defensive-minded players. I wouldn't mind seeing Danilo playing right back because that covers up, and he's smart enough to time his runs in a in a matter that doesn't affect the team more than Cuadrado. We have Do you to think remember. they go with the four with the four three three? Can't you play both Quadrado and Kiesa on the right? Locatelli in the middle, and then you have uh, Rabio or Kulusevski on the left, and then you know four three three can fit them both in. Yeah, but I don't think Kiesa starts. The other thing is too. We're, I mean, I think we're almost overthinking it a bit too much too because it's not taking anything away from Milan, but we've seen Quadrado play right back for a long time now, like two seasons deep, and he's played against the best. It's not my preference, but it's not something I'm afraid of. His back post coverage, sure, that's the part that. I struggle with and whatnot, but honestly, even Sandro, who's a true left back, struggles with back post coverage. So it wouldn't be something I'm afraid to deploy. And when I look at it more and I think about it, the more I think about it, you've got to find a way if Kiesa's fit to get him in from the start on that team. Because again, the way they play, this is to the credit of Milan. They're very tacky. They're very fast, but they're going to put numbers forward. I want Kiesa out there to counter them and push them back. Like I want him out there with his pace and I want him taking it to uh deal out there. Um, yeah. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I totally yeah. understand your guys' concern and wanting Danilo back there, but I, it's the only way I could see us stay in a stable formation that Max kind of seems to be going with so far and getting our best out there. I'll it, tell you what, really, but I'll tell you what, from what I've seen yesterday, Sorry? From, what we've seen, from what we've seen yesterday, um, the left attacking side was pretty much dead. There was always someone on the right. My brother was always there, but the left side was pretty much Sandro's position on all the flanks. So Danilo kind of stayed back and allowed Sandro to drift forward and the league covering for him. So if Allegri is going with that system, then that's great because we didn't have a true left winger on the team so they like Dybala and uh, Morata kind of covered the center. There was no one on the left because up to Rabio and Sandro. Maybe that was his game plan. And uh, when we attack, Danilo becomes like a third defender. And <clears throat> so if that's the way he's going to play against Milan, then it's definitely Danilo there because Quadrado won't do that role. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? He might even implement a, a three center back system. Who who knows what Allegri can do? But uh, how do you guys feel as we are ready to sign off here? How do you guys feel going into uh, this Milan match? Where's everybody's uh, Where's everybody's heads at as we're about what uh, four days away here? Uh, I I watch Milan today against Liverpool because that's a big big test and. Obviously, Bremovic is out. Don't know if against Juve, but he's out today. And we'll see them perform. It might take take its toll a bit in fatigue, and they have to rotate. Um, but they are a good team. They are Titan challengers, in my opinion. They're a very cohesive unit, and they showed it last season. They beat us 
three nothing, and it was a pretty embarrassing win. So I, I'm afraid of them. It's a tougher test than Napoli, in my opinion. I think that they are a better team that the that the names on their back. They play together. They are young, so they are not usually afraid. So uh, when players are young, they are not afraid. Uh, so I I wish I I'm not afraid of them because I know we can beat them man to man. We have a better team, and with Max, I feel more confident. But I do respect them. I'll, I'll see people like saying that we're going to win easily. Uh, there's not going to be any problem. I respect them, but I think we're going to win. So. Yeah. Anthony? My answer would have been different if we drew or lost yesterday, but uh, you, you can't underestimate the power of a win, you know, when you've been slacking, you know, brings everybody together. An away win, uh, you don't have the uh, the noise of, you know, the media and the, and the home fans and, and all that it's it's always good to, to get that monkey off your back away from home you know the, the camaraderie it brings it was a good team win i know it was malmo but it was still a win i think i think we roll over milan this weekend i think the boys are we're, we're finally getting healthy we have basically our starting 11 and i i think even you and Tini are underestimating the power of this team I, I think we're a very very good team we lost ronaldo but whatever i think uh, i think we roll this weekend at home and i don't even think it's going to be close Milan's wow. a good team, but I, I don't think we should fear them at all. I think our team is much, much better pound for pound. And we're yeah, going to show it this weekend. I think I'm they're weird. a wild card. They're just a wild card, Milan. You can... I'm weird. Yeah, a wild card you throw in the garbage. They stink, oh. all right? They stink. <laughs> we're we're going to roll this weekend. Easy. Okay. I love Anthony's confidence every time it comes into uh, the future magic here. It's, it's awesome. I'm never on the same wavelength, but I appreciate it because he's trying to bring me up to that level. But honestly... I'm weary of Milan. Uh, they do play a good game. They play fast and whatnot. But again, I'm, I, I just, I think again, this team. Once we get our regulars going and they're playing consistently, we're a different team, and we, we, we showed that. I, I, I get it that it's Malmo, but again, it's just, it's a lot of the things we didn't see. It wasn't so clunky and broken. And what we saw yesterday, you do have to give credit to because that's exactly how a team that's playing against a Malmo should look, and we did it. So, again, credit to us because we almost took a guy. We were losing four key guys against Napoli, and we still almost got her done. So the organization and the structure for Max, it's coming. It's getting there. Now starting to mix in the guys that are actually, like, our difference makers, it's just going to bode well for us. This is a big, big match this Sunday. 150% bank everything you have on the fact that Allegri will have whoever is in the lineup ready to go. And we are going to be so organized and so focused in this Milan thing. And these last two matches, Malmo and AC Milan, can be what actually turns this whole thing around and flips it, flips it for Juve. And you just mark my words, if we get a win in the fashion that Anthony's calling, it will start to instill fear in the other teams in Syria. And if it does do that, I'm telling you, look out. This team, a Max Allegri-led team, we just need the right spark. And if we can do this, man, the sky's the limit. We just need these guys to start getting it right consistently. But the biggest thing, we all knew it was going to be a challenge for Max Allegri was getting the focus, putting together 90-minute matches, which we haven't done through Pirlo, through Sarri, and even Max's last season with us. We were playing 50, 60 minutes good through matches and always, always being our own worst enemy. If he can kill that, this team will do well because we do actually have a solid, solid group introducing Keane, having Morata up there, Dybala, Quadrado's a difference maker. Locatelli is the guy we've needed for some Keep time. Going, Keep going, Al. Keep it going. Keep driving off the names. Keep the driving back. them off. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to see Max start to cook. All right, everybody. Have faith. It is going to be tough. Okay? It is going to be a tough match. Very, very tough match. I respect Milan. I won't tell my good buddy Gino that, and I'm going to tell him right now we're going to beat you guys. Okay? We got a little bet going. And it involves jerseys, okay? 
Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, Gino, I'm not going to wear that Milan jersey, but I have a plethora of Juve kits that you're going to have to pick out and uh, and wear. So there you go, boys. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Everybody knows where they need to be on match day, and you need to be on the All UV Cast channel, 5.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8.30 Eastern. We are going to have a lot of fun. These guys are going to take on the trivia, and the Milan trivia is going to be a good one because we got the trivia gauntlet. We're going to um, have a lot of fun with predictions. We always do. This round, I clearly won. I dominated this last uh, prediction round. Uh, Anthony, you could check the sheet, buddy. I got it. No, I think Anthony actually won it. Anthony's been on fire lately with the predictions, but he hasn't run into Francisco and Francisco's wild predictions. So we'll have to see. We'll have a panel for all you guys. I love love seeing you all in uh, the group chat here, the live chat as we do these. Fantastic. Again, for everybody joining us on audio, let's go bring it over to YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. This is where all the action takes place. So uh, thank you again. Great that we could celebrate a win. First uh, group stage match against Malmo. Now we look to the weekend against Milan. Enjoy the rest of your weeks. We'll all talk on Sunday. As always, Forza Juve, fino alla fine. Ciao.